0: Hallelujah! If you have your Bibles, uh, Proverbs chapter two. Uh, we're going to uh, uh, be talking for a couple of weeks on the issue. Uh, We—it's actually part of what we had. I had already started talking about a couple of weeks ago on knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, and I just kind of want to go along those same thoughts and uh, and I want to uh, try to help us to grasp how we can um, uh, turn our knowledge into wisdom that that's that's going to be kind of the gist of these next uh, uh, couple of uh, studies uh, you know we, we can have knowledge and a lot of people have a lot of knowledge but but the fact that they have knowledge doesn't necessarily mean that they have wisdom amen so so you know how do you get from one to the other how do you get uh, from from taking the knowledge that you have and then creating understand or having understanding and then from there becoming a wise person and so, uh, many of you know that, that uh, being wise is not as easy as it seems. There's a lot of people that think that they that they're wise, but they're not wise. And so, uh, we want to talk about this. And so, before we get into it, I want to uh, kind of throw out uh, some some um, uh, some information that I that I read, that, and these articles that I'm that I'm going to read talk about the increase of knowledge. We are living in an age of uh, of incredible amount of knowledge. Um, so one of these articles says if you were to measure all the knowledge that existed since the beginning of time up to 1845 so from the beginning of time to 1845 if you were to gather all the knowledge that was available to humankind and and if you were to uh, measure or assign to that knowledge the value of 1 inch so from 18 from the beginning of time to 1845 if you were to to assign Uh, you know, a a measurement to that, and if you were to assign one inch to that, then from 1845 to 1945, so this is a 100-year period, that knowledge would have grown to three inches. So it would have tripled more or less from 1845 to 1945. uh, We could say that knowledge has has tripled in those 100 years. And if you were to take the knowledge that has been acquired from 1945 to 1975. So this is the 30 year period. Uh, And if you were to measure that, how much that has grown the the measurement would be more or less the height of the Washington Monument. So in other words the point is that we are living in an age of knowledge. Uh, Another article says that knowledge has through time has increased and doubled approximately every century. So every hundred years, uh, knowledge was, was basically doubling every hundred years. Uh, but just in the last uh, few years, knowledge doubles every 13 months. So this is a little bit more than a year. So, so the point is that there is no lack of knowledge. We are living in the age of knowledge. Uh, another article said these words we have exponentially increased in our knowledge while our wisdom is ever diminished we are informationally rich while being paupers in life applicable applicable wisdom i can google any fact and have the answer in a moment but wisdom is gained slowly and received from the lord the good news is that the lord is generous in his wisdom he will, uh, he will share his wisdom with any who ask, according to James 1.5, when the unsaved conduct their lives and businesses by the principles of wisdom, they succeed. They may not know God any better, but even they are blessed by the wisdom of the word of God. So, so the, the point and, and, and uh, the, what I'm going to be driving at in, in this study and the next couple of studies is that it's, it's good to have knowledge. And, and like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, uh, you, that the knowledge is the basis of wisdom. It's the basis of your understanding of things. You need to have knowledge. That's what you base your wisdom out of. But the mistake that we can make is thinking that because we have knowledge, we automatically have wisdom. So we're going to talk about this. And let's read uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 7 through 9. And I'm also going to ask uh, some of you if you can help me read some of these verses. And uh, and uh, if you can help me with that, amen. So Proverbs chapter 2, verses 7 through 9 says these words, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. Amen. So we'll stop there. And so we want to talk firstly about the error of only acquiring knowledge and so the great mistake like I said is uh, equating wisdom with knowledge in other words if uh, if you have knowledge you automatically have wisdom and so there's a mistake in that thought and so I want to throw a little question out and and that is why would that be a mistake why would it be a mistake to think that knowledge is the same as wisdom so I want, I want your your brains to kind of begin to Work here. Uh, I, I need the mic up here, uh, brother Sage. So think about that question. As, as the mic comes, why is it a mistake to think that knowledge is the same as wisdom? Why, why would that? What, what kind of a uh, what kind of problem would that produce? What kind of wrong ideas would that produce, brother? The devil in the port in the Okay, just say it, and I'll repeat it. Okay, here it
1: comes. <laughs> um, I, I believe when you were when we started this uh, a couple weeks ago, um, you talked about uh, knowing when to have exceptions. But if you just have knowledge and no wisdoms, you you don't, you don't necessarily know how to apply what you know. Um, and so if you just think that knowledge automatically implies that you have wisdom, you may know how to do something but you don't know when to do something and so you may misapply what you do know.
0: Okay, so you can, you can misapply, uh, certain things, okay. What would be another, uh, uh misconception or, or a wrong idea that that can produce? If you can have knowledge, but you can think that knowledge is equivalent to wisdom. What what? What can what wrong ideas can I produce, Brother Juan?
2: Um, will it be that the knowledge we have is already built in us, um, that you know right from wrong, but the wisdom comes in for doing right instead of wrong?
0: Okay, okay, that that could that could be one of one of the issues. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Okay, Brother John, over here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just explaining about this afterwards. Well, I'm taking it here, Pastor, as you can have uh, knowledge, like be really, really smart intellectually and still make uh, stupid decisions as far as lack of wisdom. Okay. Okay, you can think because you have knowledge, you can think that you already know things and, and but if you don't have wisdom, you're still going to make some bad choices. Okay, so... So there's a couple of things that I I wanted to hit on, as far as that's concerned, and that is, number one, is you can become discouraged if you don't have a lot of knowledge. You can think, well, I'm not that smart of a person, so therefore, I can't have wisdom. And and you know, that's not the case. You know, a lot of people think, well, I'm not as smart as so and so, and some people look at other people and and and, you know, they'll see that person. Well, that person has gone, gone to university. They have this degree, and and all those things are good, and and. And and we ought to strive to have those things, but the mistake that we can make is because we don't have those things, we can't be wise. Because we don't have that level of, of knowledge and understanding, and that, that that we just we just can't be wise. So there's that's one of the the misconceptions or wrong ideas that this can produce. The other thing that it can produce is is that there can, there can be a, a, a certain deception that because uh, because we do have knowledge, we can. Uh, just simply think, I have knowledge, so therefore, I automatically already have wisdom. And so this is many times a case of teenagers. If you have any teenage kids, you know, uh, you know they get to this certain age where, where they know everything. And, and you're trying to tell them, you know, no, that's not the way you do things. No, that's not. You're trying to explain things, be, but because they have knowledge. And that's one of the problems with the, the Google generation. You know, the, the Google Now you can, you can search anything out, and so you have the answer. You know, you have, you know, you know, I, I know, I know because Google told me, you know, but, but just the fact that you know that you have the information doesn't mean that you're wise. And so it can create that false mentality and that false perception is, is because I have knowledge. I, I don't have to strive to be wise. And so it, it can create these uh, wrong perception or these wrong ideas. So, so wisdom involves knowledge. But wisdom is not necessarily knowledge. If if you are wise, if you're a wise person, you will seek knowledge. Amen. The Bible talks about this. We talked about that. The first uh, uh, study that I did on this, you know, if you are a wise person, you're going to understand the value of knowledge. So you're going to read. You're going to read the word of God. You're going to fill yourself with the knowledge of the word of God. You're going to read books. You're going to read things that are going to help you increase your knowledge. And if you're wise, you'll you'll understand the value of that. You will do that. But being having knowledge does not necessarily mean that you're wise. Okay, being wise sees the value of knowledge, but the fact that you have knowledge does not necessarily mean that you are a wise person. You can have knowledge, but as, as Brother John said, you can completely, you know, make some stupid decisions in life, and you can do some things that can mess you up, because you don't have wisdom. And so... Uh, we, we need to make this dis- distinction. And another distinction I want to make is a distinction between spiritual wisdom and worldly wisdom. The, the Bible talks about worldly wisdom and, and the wisdom of this world. So let's read a couple of texts that talk about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 through 21. Uh, if someone can help me read that, 1 Corinthians 1, 20 to 21 for the John. Someone else, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. Second Corinthians chapter one, 1, verse 12. who can read that? Uh, very quickly. OK, over here, uh, Kobe. If you can help me with those first, if you can read uh, uh, John 1 Corinthians chapter one, verses 20 and 21. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the distributor of the age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Okay, so he mentions here the wisdom of this world. Okay, so so we need to understand that there is a there is a wisdom that that this world has, and uh, and he he mentions something: the world through wisdom did not know God. In other words, uh, this world's wisdom cannot. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't take you to a knowledge of Christ. It doesn't take you necessarily to, to a point of salvation. You can, you know, it's talking about the, the worldly wisdom is human reasoning. It's the way you humanly process things, the way you humanly understand things. And how many know salvation will not fit into your human reasoning? It, it just doesn't make sense. You know, you're a sinner. Uh, uh, you're you're going to be judged and, and you need a savior. And Jesus died on the cross. All that to Human reasoning doesn't make sense, you know, a lot of things in, in 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 Christianity make no sense at all at the, because you're using human worldly wisdom. How I many you know tithing? In human wisdom, does not make sense. You know, giving ten percent of your earnings and and being liberal to a church. Uh, to you know, many of you have tried to explain that to family members, that yeah, I'm 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 tithing now and they look at you like you're the craziest person in the world. Because it doesn't make sense to human reasoning. And so one of the distinctions that we need to make is that there is also, uh, there's wisdom, but there's a, di- there's a difference between spiritual wisdom and worldly wisdom. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12.
2: For our boasting in, is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you.
0: Okay, not with fleshly uh, wisdom. And so uh, uh, an example of, of fleshly wisdom or worldly wisdom would be, uh, uh, maybe many of you have, have known people that are very street smart. How many of you have known people that, know, that are street smart? They know how to function on the streets. And, and when I pastored in Mexico City, you know, you, 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 you meet a lot of people that, that you could just tell by talking to them. They're, they're very, very street smart. They know how to handle themselves on the streets. Uh, I, I remember my, my mother-in-law, she actually was born in Mexico City, and, uh, and she left Mexico City when she was in her, in her uh, teenage years, and she said that there used to be a saying in Mexico City that uh, this was back when, when Mexico City had 4 million people. Now it's got like 30 million people or 30-plus million. But, but back when it had 4 million people, uh, she said there was a saying, and that was that when when people woke up in the morning, two million people woke up thinking, "How can I scam someone?" And the other two million people woke up thinking, "I'm not going to allow myself to be scammed by nobody." So, two million people grow up, uh, wake up thinking this, and the other two million people thinking, "I'm not going." to. And so you can imagine what kind of culture that created. So, so you, I mean, it was you know, you meet a lot of very street smart people. They, they, they know how to handle themselves you can't just pull pull the wool over their eyes you know they, you, 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 they, they understand things they're always on the guard they're always you know you, you can't just scam them or, or lie to them they, they they they're always on defense and they're always you know uh, they know how to handle those things but how many know you can be the most street smart person and have a horrible marriage have uh horrible finances you can be the most street smart person and and you know your kids are, are you know all over the place, and, and 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 it doesn't matter how much worldly wisdom you have, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about spiritual wisdom. So now the question becomes, how do you acquire spiritual wisdom? How do you go from knowledge, whether it's Bible knowledge or you've read books? You know, I've I've known of people that that have read uh, uh, marriage books that still don't have a good marriage. I remember there was a brother in, um, in the, the church in Spain that, uh, that uh, you know, his wife came up to me and she was ticked off. She said, I, I need to talk to you, Pastor. I go, why? Because my husband gave me a book. And so what What? what's wrong with that? I mean, he gave you a book. He thought about it. Yeah, it, it was my birthday and he, she, he gave me a book that was entitled, How to Submit to Your Husband. <laughs> so, that, that wasn't very wise. <laughs> but, many but you know, mean, you can read all the books, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be, how do you turn knowledge into wisdom? And remember, I'm not talking about this worldly, fleshly wisdom. I'm talking about Spiritual wisdom. How do you become spiritually wise? How can you take knowledge and become wise with that knowledge? So I want to throw that question out. If anyone if that inspires any answers, raise your hand. How can you take spiritual knowledge or, or knowledge in general and become wise with that knowledge, uh, uh, Sister Terry? By applying it to your life. Okay, by applying it. That's, that's very good. Applying it to your life. What, what are the ideas? Uh, Brother Luis Velasco over here.
2: I don't know. Uh, let me see if I can answer this correctly or what I'm thinking. In the trades, we have guys that are very intellectual, but when it comes to actually performing the task, the application, like Terry was saying... They're lousy at it. They can talk about it all day long. They sound fantastic, intelligent, but when it comes to doing it, they cannot get it done. Uh, And I think it applies to life. You can have tons of knowledge, sounds super fantastic, but when it comes to applying it and practicing it, you're horrible at it. And how do you do it is, is practice. Some people are scared to practice life uh, the life's experiences, you know, as you go through it, is learning from it, it's taking a step back, what did I do wrong? And then being able to be humble enough to take that input and correction from the people around you without being offended. So that's how I feel like that's how you develop wisdom, right? That's how you get good at what you're supposed to do, the trade of life, right? I'm talking about trades as far as skills, but it's the trade of life, being good at life.
0: Okay, that that uh, that applies to a lot of things. That applies to skills in life, but that that can very well apply also to a marriage. You know, that can apply to to raising your kids. You know, you you you, you have you can have the knowledge, but it's something about putting in, in practice. So the the word that I'm actually looking for is the word obedience. The way that you turn uh, uh, knowledge and 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 you make. And you, you come to an understanding of your knowledge. That you don't just have information, but you begin to understand that information. And the way you begin to turn that into life wisdom, life applicable wisdom, you can now, you, you can now apply that knowledge and know how to do that, how to treat someone, how to respond to issues, how to, how to uh, do these things. The, the way you get from one to the other is obedience. And obedience has to do with like our sister said, applying it, or, or like my brother said, practicing it and, and doing it and putting your hands on it, and, and, and you make mistakes and, and you step back and, 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 you know, people can correct you, and, and that's, it's in the process of you obeying that it actually starts becoming wisdom. So, so it's good to have the knowledge, that's the basis, but, but we need to go from knowledge uh, to wisdom, and that's uh, what our text was saying. Pro- Proverbs chapter two, verse seven says, "He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly." So, so it's it's one thing to be upright. Uh, that's that's talking about who you are as a person. You are an upright person, but the wisdom is as you walk, and so as you're walking, that that's talking about your obeying of the word of God, that you, 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 God has spoken to you, God has shown you uh, through his word, through his laws, through his precepts, he shows you what he expects, and so now you take that and you begin to walk with it. You begin to, as our sister said, you, you begin to apply it, you begin to put it into practice, and as you do that, that's what causes you to begin to gain wisdom. That's when you become wise. Wisdom is not just going to happen from reading a book, Wisdom is not just going to happen by, by having all kinds of knowledge. You have to begin to obey. And so, there's some uh, verses that I want to read. Exodus chapter nine, verses twenty to twenty-one. Someone that can help me with that? Exodus nine twenty to twenty-one, very quickly. Okay, Wally over here. Uh, Matthew chapter seven, verse twenty-four. Matthew seven twenty-four. Somebody else, very quickly. Uh, George. First uh, Kings three, verse fourteen. First Kings three, verse fourteen. Uh, sage up here in front, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do a little triangle here. Okay. Uh, Exodus chapter 9, verses 20 and 21. He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of
1: Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses. But he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field.
0: Okay, so, so the backstory of this. Is, um, is that um, God's going to bring judgment to Egypt. And so the Bible says that the word of the Lord was proclaimed through Moses. And basically, the word of the Lord was you need to get your cattle, you need to get it out of the way because uh, uh, there's going to be hail. that's going to be uh, poured out on, on, uh, on Egypt. And I'm sure a couple of guys would have loved that here. <laughs> but anyways, uh, moving right along. Amen. So, uh, you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, here's the word of God. Saying, you know, you you, you need to uh, do this. You need to you need to get your cattle. You need to get them out of the way, because there's going to be hail and there's going to be, you know, this is going to happen. And so, it's it's interesting the way the Bible says that there was two groups of people. The Bible says that one of these groups feared the word of the Lord. They they took the word of the Lord seriously. They said, okay, this is what God is saying. So therefore, I need to make some adjustments. Therefore, I need to make some actions here, so they, because they feared the word of the Lord, they obeyed the word, and so they cut their cattle, and they and they hid it away, they put it aside, and their servants and everyone, they, they put them aside, but then the Bible says there was another group, and the Bible says specifically that they, uh, that that regarded not the word of the Lord, so in other words, they, you know, to them, it was, you know, God's speaking, God's commanding, look, this is what's going to happen, and to them, it was like, ah, whatever, I have a better idea, Whatever, I can, I can, eh, I don't have to pay attention to this. And they regarded not the word of the Lord, and so they left their cattle out there. And so, lo and behold, judgment falls, hail begins to fall down, servants are killed, cattle is killed. And the ones that actually obeyed were the ones that saved their servants and their families. So they were wise because they obeyed. And so, I'm sure. That after the hail stopped falling, I'm sure the ones that obeyed are probably st- sitting to the side. And they're probably thinking, you know what? It's a good idea to pay attention. <laughs> it's a good idea to, to, to obey. And, and they, gained, they gained wisdom because they obeyed. Okay, Matthew chapter 7 verse 24.
3: Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock.
0: Okay, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. So this is obedience. This is what we're, we're talking about, applying. This is, this is the practicing. You know, if you do these things, I will liken them to a wise man. That person will be wise if they apply or they, they obey the word of God. First Kings chapter 3, verse 14.
1: So if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen
0: your days. Okay. So again, it's talking about, uh, it's talking about obedience. Again, it's talking about walking in his ways, doing what God is telling you to do. So, so knowledge, uh, is good, but it needs obedience for it to become wisdom. And so if you have knowledge, but you do not have obedience, then that can become something very deceptive. That can that can puff you up. You know, a, a person that has not a, a lot of knowledge, because they have knowledge, that that can that can, uh, you know, that can create a certain pride in, in a person. That could cause the person to to begin to think, well, I I, ha- I know a lot of things, so therefore I don't I don't really need to hear from anybody. I don't really need to do this or or apply this. Uh, because I, I already know, and that can cause a lot of blind spots in life. Uh, one of the greatest examples of this in the Bible is uh, King Solomon. In First in Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, I'll, I'll go ahead and read this one. But it talks about Solomon. How many know Solomon was considered one of the, if the wisest, actually, the wisest man on earth? But listen to what the Bible says. But King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, uh, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord has said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these, love, to these in love, and he had 700 wives. 700 wives. And some of us don't even know how to do with one wife, but he had 700 wives and princesses and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. So, in other words, here's God. He's, he's, he's established a precept. You know, he's, 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 he's put this, you know, don't do this. Don't, don't go after these women. These women have, they have other values, other gods, other convictions. You know, don't do this. You know, you 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 stick to one wife, and that wife be, uh, be of, of your faith, of your conviction. And, and and but but you know, Solomon, you know, for all the wisdom that he had, he he began to lose it in one area, and that area was obedience. So it's it's possible that you can have all this knowledge and understanding, but but there can be a deceptive side to that because you can think well, because I know, you know. I don't have to listen to anybody. I, I can give myself these little, you know, freedoms to do things because, hey, I know. This is one of the, the problems with a, a, as we get on in, in the things of God and time goes by and we're saved over time. How many know the fact that you've been saved for many years does not mean that you still, yet you don't need wisdom anymore? How many can say amen? I think on the contrary, the more I'm saved, the more I realize how much I need God to show me and how much I need to learn from other people and how much, you know, how little I know. But that can be deceptive. You know, as time goes on, you know, you can make the, you, can, you can make this mistake of, well, I, I've been saved for so many years, you know, what can you show me? And, and there's a side to that, that that we need to be careful with because if you're going to be a wise person... Uh, You need to be be able to see yourself. You need to be able to understand. You know, I I don't have all the answers. I need help. I need someone to be able to show me. And and in the case of of Solomon, uh, what caused him to have these blind spots is simply he stopped obeying. He stopped obeying the precepts and the words of God. You know, God has specifically said, don't do this. But because he has all this knowledge and understanding, well, you know, I'm different. I, I know better. I've been around a little while. I, I, I don't have to pay attention to that. And so therefore, uh, he began, because of disobedience, he began to lose uh, his his wisdom. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 22 through 24 says these words, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Be doers of the word and not hearers only because when you, when you begin to just be a, a hearer of the word, or you just acquire knowledge of the word, but you don't do the word, you can begin to deceive yourself. For anyone who is a, who is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. So it's possible for you to even uh, have, have had wisdom, but through disobedience can even actually begin to lose your wisdom. Every once in a while, you know, we, you know, I you run into a backslider. Maybe you run into someone that that, you know, used to come to church, used to serve God. Uh, you know, there was a time where you would say that they they were, you know, they're, they're, they're they were doing great. You know, just, you know, they had a great marriage, uh, great ministry. They, they they were just involved in, in, in the things of God. And, and, and at a point in their life, you would say, man, that, you know, God. The, these people have it together, but you know you meet them over time, and, and and I've I've had the you know just I've been in that situation where you meet someone and they've they've been out of church for a while and and, and it's such a sad situation and you know sometimes you hear they're they're divorced, and, you know they 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 their lives have been you know they're off doing crazy things, and, and because the thing is that you you uh, you know if you start disobeying this that's the point if you come to a point where you think i don't have to obey uh, you you can begin to lose you can begin to actually degenerate and lose the wisdom that god has given you mark chapter 4 verses 24 to 25 says he then said to them take heed what you hear with the same measure you you use it will be measured to you and to you who hear more will be given for whoever has to him more will be given to whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. So I'm going to read that now in the New Living Translation. And he says it this way, And be sure to pay attention to what you hear. The more you do this, the more you will understand. And even more besides. To those who are open to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Given, But to those who are not listening, even what they have have will be taken away from them. So, so in other words, this can be a degenerative thing. If you have wisdom or you have knowledge and and you don't obey, you can even begin to lose this. Matthew chapter 25 verses 28 through 29 says, therefore take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But to but, but for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So. You know, this is something that as Christians, you have to maintain and keep active in your life. You know, obedience is not something you did when you were a new convert. Obedience is not something you did at one point in your life and you obeyed God, you served God. And and, and OK, you did your thing. And now you, know, you, you can just kind of put it on coast and, and and, you know, just kind of ride off those obediences from the past. That it doesn't work that way. How many can say amen? You have to maintain an active obedience to God, an active obedience to his word. And as you do this and you continue to do this, this is what, what will assure that you will continue to increase in, uh, in understanding and in wisdom. Okay, so I want to stop there for a moment. I want to see if this creates any kind of uh, comments or questions. Knowledge, becoming understanding, and then Uh, Becoming wisdom and obedience. Does this create any kind of questions? Okay, over here, Sister Carmen.
3: So it kind of triggered off a thought that I had um, was that I had been saved for many, many years. And um, you don't realize sometimes how much spiritual pride you have. You know until God starts humbling you and showing you what's really inside and When I began to get off track from my my faith and what I had been indoctrinated and believed um, When I got my heart right with God Even though it was very hard for me because I didn't even think that I needed to get my heart right I mean, that's how much God had allowed me to be deceived as an older convert Like you said, I want to stress that because sometimes that can be a real problem with the older converts But anyway Um, Or anybody that's been saved any length of time that has some kind of understanding of who God is and Anyway, one of the things that I really began to feel God speak to me very clearly was about deep Repentance I I want deep repentance from you and I really didn't understand when he's when he spoke that to me But as I was open to him um, I remember what some of the things that he began to show me all the years that I had been disobeying him. And sometimes it was in the simple things that I knew were true. But reading my Bible, you know, uh, being faithful to church wasn't so much a conviction anymore, just little things. And he wanted to show me how many years had gone by in my life where I just always lived for God on, on my terms, you know. And I just thank God for his grace because I look back now and I think, oh my God, I was so messed up. You know, maybe people wouldn't have thought that, but God sees the heart, and that's what he's after. He's after your heart, and he's after, you, he wants you to be completely surrendered to him, and it's there's such a joy in that, because, I mean, I'm not perfect, you know, but I just see, wow, this is what God, uh, that's this is what he's talking about, you know, Amen. and so.
0: Praise God. Amen. So. You know, if you can imagine if, if you know, if when God spoke to our sister and, and said repent, if, if she would have said, well, repent of what? You know, and, and then she would have never gotten all of that. She would have never gotten that wisdom and that knowledge and that understanding of her life and, and would have never made any kind of adjustments or, or changes in her life if, if she wouldn't have obeyed that point. And so, so that, that's the thing. Obedience is, is what, what, that's the doorway to get you into wisdom. Is, is you begin to obey. Uh, if, if you do not obey, then all you have is knowledge. If, if you don't make this an obedience thing, if you don't apply this to your life and begin to live it out and, and apply it in the different areas of life, then all that knowledge will only be knowledge. It will only be things that you know up here, but, but, but wisdom is what will cause that knowledge to begin to become applicable to life. And, and that'll cause you to make right decisions, right choices, and that'll play out in life uh, in, in a great marriage, uh, great finances, uh, uh, you know, great uh, children, guiding your children in the things of, you know, that, that'll play out in a, di- a bunch of different areas, uh, but it's got to be the obedience. Does that create any other question or maybe comment before we move on to the next point? Hallelujah. Okay. Okay, then let's let's talk secondly about the parameters of wisdom. Okay, uh, how many know that we can be a little bit dishonest at times in that we can, you know, it's not the fact that we have no idea what God wants. It's kind of what our sister was saying. It's not that we have no idea what God wants, but it's, it's that we know what God wants, we just don't want to do it. You know, we can know exactly what God is wanting from us, but we can... We can kind of, you know, kind of be selective in what we want to, uh, uh, what we want to obey God in. James chapter four, verse seventeen says, "Therefore, to him that knows to do good and does not, to him it is sin." The New Century Version says it this way: Anyone who knows the right thing to do, but does not do it, is sinning. So, in other words, you know, it's talking about how you know you can you can know what you need to do, you can understand it, you can have the knowledge of that, but not be doing it. Mark Twain said these words, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bother me, it's the parts of the Bible that I do understand. Those are the ones that bother me. You know, it's it's the parts of the Bible that you know, that where you know that God is challenging you to do, that the parts that you know that you have to be doing, that's the parts that we struggle with. And so, you know, when, when it comes to... Uh, our obedience, we need to understand that obedience has certain parameters. In other words, it's not according to what you want. Obedience has to do with doing what God wants. And so there's a couple of things here. And that is number one, um, obedience has to do with the what. In other words, what are we to obey of God? Are, Are we to obey just the parts that we like? Or are we to obey everything that God wants us to do and how many know that one of the marks of of Christianity today is that we kind of we're selective with our obedience we we, okay I like this 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 appeals to me I think I can handle this but but this over here I, I, I don't I'm not really hip on this so so you know I don't want to obey on this and so we can begin to be selective in our obedience we can begin to say okay God, okay, I, I, I like this part, I accept this part, I, I'm good with this, but, but then we can come to areas in our Christianity where it's, you know, there's some things that are hard to obey. And, and if we're honest, uh, you know, there's there, those are more areas than we care to admit. You know, there's, there's some things in our lives that, that we just, it's just hard for us. I remember when I first got saved, you know, there were some things that were immediate. You know, I, I had no problem with with letting go of certain things. I remember the, you know, the, the, the whole Christ, uh, worldly music thing. You know, that, that wasn't too hard for me. I, I kind of understood, you know, there's certain music that I shouldn't be listening to. If the, if the song is talking about sex and rock and roll and, you know, all these, maybe as a Christian, I shouldn't be listening to that. And so, you know, I, I, that wasn't too hard for me to let go. Of. But there were some other issues. You know, my little secret rebellions you know, uh, uh, authority, I, I, when I got saved, just like many of us, we uh, we, we came to Christ, and, and our mentality of authority was, was you know, authority was the bad person, you know, I, I used to look at cops, and I remember, I'd be driving down the street, or we'd be, down, and, and I'd see a cop, and, 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 and you know, and, and, you know, I had this mentality, oh, the cop is, and, and it was always this negative mentality towards anyone in authority so i can i get into church i start serving god and and so now i have this spiritual spiritual authority over, over my life and and so that to me was was hard to get a handle on it to, to submit and, and so some things are easy some things are hard some things you know we can flow with because they go they already go with what we like but then there's some issues in life that you have to submit to or you have to Obey God in that are not quite as easy. And so that can create for us a problem in that we can become selective. God, I can I can obey you in this, but this, you know, I I, I'm not too good on this. And you can begin to live your Christianity in that context of, of picking and choosing what you decide to obey God in. And, uh, and so that's, that's one of the problems. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 23 says these words, But the thing, uh, this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God. And you shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. So obedience, uh, it, it, uh, it's something that has to be dealt with in the heart. You have to be able to come before God and say, God, I'm not going to pick and choose what you want me to obey. I, I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going I'm to obey everything you want me to obey. And so that has to be something that is settled in our hearts. And many of you know, if you, if you are obedient in one area, then more than likely you will be obedient in other areas. If, if, if you are disobedient in an area of your life, then there's a high likelihood that you will be disobedient in other areas of life. So there's the issue of what we obey. It's not just what we like. We obey everything that God uh, wants from us. So the other issue is when we obey. Okay, how many know that one of the common experiences of many Christians is that we can delay our obedience? Okay, God, I understand you want me to do this. I will get around to doing it. Someday I will do this. Someday I will, uh, you know, I'll take that seriously or someday I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll begin to do this. Exodus chapter 8 verses 9 and 10 says these words, And Moses said to Pharaoh, Accept the honor of saying, When I shall intercede for you, for your servants and for your people, to destroy the frogs from you and your houses, that they may may remain in the river only. So he said, Tomorrow. (laughs) So, you know, Here's God's judgment. God's causing these frogs. If you can imagine, you're trying to eat your, you know, caldo de, de res. You know, you're trying to eat. And, and, and there's flo- frogs plopping around. And, and so, you know, here comes Moses. He tells, you know, how long do you want to keep up with this? You know, all you have to do is obey. All you have to do is just do this and, and, and things will change. And, and you'll begin to see a difference in your life. Just do this. And his answer was classic. It was, yeah, yeah, yes, I I don't like these frogs. I don't like what's happening in my life. I'll just do it tomorrow. And how many know, you know, we can can do that. You know, we, we don't like what's happening in our lives, but when we understand exactly what it takes to change, you know, the decisions that we have to make, and sometimes those decisions are hard decisions, we tend to put those things for later. We delay in our obedience. We can say, okay, God, I understand. You want me to change. I understand what you want me to do. I'll do it tomorrow. Or in Mexican lingo, mañana. (laughs) So uh, that's all the time that we have for now. But uh, we're talking about taking our knowledge and becoming wise with that knowledge. And uh, and if you do not establish in your life the issue of obedience, that's, that's the main issue, is for you to obey God, for you to have a life of obedience. If you don't do that, then all you will have is knowledge. You will have a lot of knowledge. You, you'll, you can be street smart. You can, you can know how to handle yourself in a lot of areas in life. You can know how to talk. You can know how to, you know, do shenanigans, all this. But if you do not obey, all you will have is knowledge. And to turn that knowledge into wisdom and begin to make that wisdom applicable to your life, to the the different areas of your life, whether it's your finances, your kids, your marriage, your your ministries, uh, you have to learn how to obey. So so we're going to leave it at that. And I I just very quickly, if this uh, inspires any kind of question or any kind of comment, very quickly. Okay, over here, Sister Genevieve.
1: Hi, Pastor. Just a quick comment. Um, I think we think of wisdom as like a sequence Well, first comes knowledge then with obedience comes wisdom, but uh, I don't think wisdom has to be a result or byproduct of those two things. I think God can give gift us wisdom without the knowledge if we seek him and, and just do his will and and like you said, being in obedience to him, I think wisdom can come without the prior knowledge or like that.
0: Okay. Um, okay, it says that wisdom can come without the knowledge. And uh, and uh, I guess the answer for me would be that, that knowledge would be uh, one of the main sources of your wisdom. But, you know, there's some certain situations in life where, you know, maybe, you know, you can look at something that your parents are doing and and you may not understand it, but you'll obey it and gain wisdom that way. So uh, that may be what, what you're talking about without necessarily having to read a book or, or read something, but you, you, that you can gain wisdom by, by, by another error, but, but it's through obedience. It's, it's you, you obey, you apply, you live it, and therefore you gain the wisdom. Okay, anybody else very quickly. Okay, Brother Sage up here.
1: Um, just, just something that, that uh, I was thinking about when you were, when you first started the sermon about how uh, knowledge has increased um, over the course of over uh, over the course of human history, and especially exponentially in the last hundred and fifty or so years. Um, something that that came to mind as I was thinking of that uh, thinking of that is we have to be careful about what we know um, and always compare what the world is telling us is, is true and what is science is telling us is fact Compare that against what God's word says because that should be our ultimate source of knowledge is what what does God say on on this topic how does this uh, stack up against what what scripture says and that should be um, how how we judge knowledge
0: okay yeah uh, okay very very good point too and we'll finish with that so you know what he says that we need to make sure that the word of God is our main source of knowledge and how many know that's true amen you know there's a lot of knowledge out there and and uh, you can make the mistake of of, you know going on these YouTube videos and, and you can get all and how many know there's all kinds of ideas out there but the word of God needs to be the foundation of your knowledge and that needs to be the filter through which you gain all your knowledge is the Word of God. And you measure everything else by that. If something doesn't jive with the Word of God, okay. Okay, I read it, I learned it, put it aside, and then you measure it. by. And, then, and if something jives with the Word of God, then okay, this is something that can be applicable. I can learn from this. This is something that will help me, and then you go on. But the Word of God is the a, is a foundation. Amen. So... That's all the time that we have. Uh, We're going to take a break, about 10, 15 minutes, and then we'll start the morning service. I mean, consider yourself dismissed.